0: Hi and welcome to Flippin' Orbs uh, episode number two. I am uh, Gordon Anderson, your host for this episode and probably most other episodes. And with me, I have my amazing co-host, Grant Castleton. How are you doing, Grant?
1: I'm doing well. Um, and I think this is actually episode 1
2: if oh, we were yeah. going
1: back to the pilot. So this is actually in, in regards to the pilot, this is actually episode 1. So,
2: and, but correct. we've got some
1: good stuff, good stuff for episode 1 regardless of the of whatever episode it is. <laughs> And maybe we'll need to skip numbers if I'm...
0: If I have the <laughs> r- wrong numbers at the first or second episode, then I wonder how it will be when we come up a couple of bits on the ladder. Um, but no, we have a great show for you tonight. Um We're going to talk about NoobCon, which is the self-proclaimed world championship of old-school magic. And it was... Running for the ninth time this year. So, all the way since 2008, there has been a world championship of 93 94 Magic. We're going to talk a little bit about it and interview the creator of the format and organizer of NoobCon, the winner of NoobCon, and also a first time visitor who road tripped up to NoobCon after winning his invite on skype and that's our main topic for tonight and i was actually at nukon myself and um that is uh, let's start with that should we grant just to give a quick um like as i said nukon is the world championship i've been prepping for yeah, let's say I prepped for two or three days, <laughs> uh, something like that. It went ex- I was there last year. It went good. I went to the top eight with my absolute favorite deck—a blue-red counter burn deck with maximum number of counter spells, mana drain, and my favorite creature, flying men. And that was the. S- I brought almost the same deck this year because I actually hadn't time to brew anything else and that is my my favorite deck it's my go to and
1: um, and how did uh, how did you fare at um at, at NoobCon this year uh,
0: it actually went uh, almost the same as last year uh, i uh, except that though last year i lost in the first round was a little sad about that but after that, I managed to get to the top eight. This year, I went on going 6-0 f- into the last round in the top table. And nice. losing my first match there going 6-1. And uh, still, um, <laughs> I'm quite happy of that uh, for that, of course. But it would have been fun to just crush the Swiss. But that was yeah. uh, the Swedish the deck player Fluffy who did, and I uh, yeah, was a hard hard guy to beat, a uh, good player and a good deck. but then I lost in the quarterfinal again, as Magnus has written on the blog, probably because I had a couple of beers, <clears throat> like at least one or two between every round of magic. But that's the thing about NoobCon, you drink beer, you have a fun time and play the cards you love. And this year was so special with so many international guests, like 14 nationalities were represented at uh, this year's NubeCon. We had Mm -hmm. persons from people from all over, Uh, two of your friends from Chicago, uh,
1: Shane and Danny made a trip across the pond. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's um, and we had people from Russia and uh, Switzerland, uh, of course, the Nordic countries, uh, Germany, Italy. Yeah, we had a bunch of cool people from all over the world playing this year. So it was a real special year, I would say. So I'm quite mm-hmm. happy. But let's. Um, not focus on my experience uh, of NoobCon, and uh, instead um, talk to some other people who were there. And um, going to the first interview, which will be with Magnus Laval, who is um, called the creator of the format. He is the one behind the old school blog, and he is also the one who organizes. NoobCon, and has been organize, have been organizing NoobCon for the last nine years. So stay tuned for an interview with MG. Hi, welcome to the show, Magnus.
3: Hi, William. thank you very much.
0: Nice of you to join us to talk a little bit about Noobcon, uh, creation of yours, if I've understood it correctly.
3: Yeah, we were, we were a few guys. Actually, had a casual Magic team called the Team House, Uh who met up at a pub and played Magic uh, every Saturday, and did not drink beer because we drank quite a lot back then. So we had a sober day to play Magic, and uh, then eventually we thought, okay, maybe we should host a convention here. So. It was the team Squirtle helps that started.
0: Okay, let's let's get back to that—the whole creation of Noobcon, because I've I've just introduced you as the creator of the format and organizer of Noobcon, and I'm not going to talk much about that. Uh, most people probably know who you are, but we need to have some basic questions. I think like. When did you start playing Magic?
3: Okay, yeah. I, the first cards entered the home in October 94. It was my mom who bought the Starter Recovery Vice to my bigger sister. And uh, we mostly looked at the cards and didn't play that much. And uh, then in like January, February of uh, 95, we started actually playing more and did not know the rules that well, but you know, just kept playing. And then when Ice Age was released, uh, people in school started playing more. And, you know, I eventually picked up how to actually play, and I started going to conventions, I think, in 97 or so, when I was 13. So I was old enough to, you know, go off by myself.
0: Like uh, Mirage Wishes
3: era. Yeah, I, I played the Tempest pre-release, at least, I know. Uh But but I played, like, pretty much constantly since early 95. But it sounds cooler to say 94, so...
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Even <laughs> though I'm... I usually say 9 to 5, because that is when I started playing. I I just missed that early, early bit of magic. Yeah. But that's why we play it now. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: So, uh, a question I'm going to ask everyone in this uh, episode is, uh, how did you get into old school magic? But I don't know if... uh, (laughs) I think we're going to skip that. Uh, I'm going to... No, but it is We're, actually
3: kind of, no. a kind of fun story. Uh, because uh, I was playing a fairly decent internal team called Team Nolte Dope, and uh, Kellen Nud, the co founder of the format, uh, he said that like, a deck I'd build with, like the Headless Horseman deck, and it was horrible. I think it was like four color, weed, Dragonauts deck for Legacy. <laughs> uh, so I I should actually build the Headless Horseman deck. So I ordered a bunch of cards online for like a uh, hundred bucks and built like an old black-bordered, uh, blue-black, uh, mostly alpha deck. Uh, wow. Which, you know, had Sea Serpents instead of Mahmati and air uh, Elementalist and the Singer Vampire because, you know, I couldn't afford the proper cards. And showed it to Kelly and said, you know, here's your Headless Horseman deck. And he thought it looked awesome. So he put together like an old-school deck as well. Uh, with cards up to the dark because I want to play uh, War Barge and Mirafolk Assassin. What, and was that the, the reason? I, yeah, neat. What is yeah, the reason for the dark? Yeah, because he didn't want to have the dark in the format because he thought it wasn't old school enough. Uh, because we figured we, sh- we should only play with cards that we couldn't get a hold of, you know, when we were kids. It should be like super nostalgic and those rare things. And Color playing a few months before me so we actually had had some access to the dark. But uh, we used to play that he he started with uh, a seven card hand and I started with a fourteen card hand. You know, to get <laughs> the, but he still won most of the time. And then you know we started discussing further. You know what kind of uh, things we allow in an old school deck. And uh, eventually we found some ground to that we thought was felt was common ground. And uh, a few more players at the store joined up, and that's how I started playing old school.
0: Yeah, and uh, let's not just dive into how that all changed uh, (laughs) going forward, the rules, starting the blog and things like that. Let's uh, save that for another time. And instead, um, jump forward a little bit in time. You've started uh, playing old school, things like that with Kalle and uh, a few more people. How did it all end up being the first NoobCon?
3: Yeah, so, I, I think one of the reasons was that me and a friend were, uh, were almost thrown out from a few conventions because, you know, we sneaked around and drank beer most of the time. <laughs> and uh, we thought that, you know, we could host our own convention where we can actually drink beer. But the first NoobCon was, uh, it was a failure, if I can say that much. Because we, we had this idea, you know, that we had uh 93-94 tournament, tri tournament, Legacy tournament, and... Uh, we weren't that good at organizing, and uh, most of the things didn't fire off as we wanted to. And uh, uh, it was kind of weird, you know. It worked, but you know, it wasn't what we wanted it to be. Uh, so the next year, I pretty much took it mostly upon myself to arrange NoobCon two, and uh, uh, I skipped all the other tournaments except the old school tournament, and said, "Okay, no, this is the World Championship. This is this is what NoobCon will be from now on." And uh, it worked.
0: Okay, so NoobCon actually was a r- <clears throat> real convention uh, at the first, the first. iteration. Yeah. And uh, and the reason was you wanted to drink beer at a convention. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, sounds like something I would do. And... Uh, <laughs> And then it became the World Championship of 93-94 Magic the year after. Uh, What years are we talking about
3: right now? Uh, 2009 was the first one, and 2010, you know, it was like the official World Championship.
0: So, uh, this year we had NoobCon 9. Yeah. And that is counted from that first one, or actually the second one?
3: Uh, It's counted from the first one. Uh the first ninety three ninety four Easter gathering was in two thousand eight. Uh but that one was at the GothCon convention. Okay. Uh, so we d- we do not count that one because NoobCon is you know beer at the pub and at least you know schedule a ninety three ninety four tournament.
0: Okay, so next year it's a ten year anniversary then. Yeah. Looking forward cool. to see what <laughs> strange things you come up with until then. <laughs> But could you talk us through a little bit of, a, of the story? Now we're taking the two first Noobcons. Like, or, or let's talk a little more about the second Noobcon. How many people were you at the first World
3: Championship? I think I want to say 11, uh, maybe, maybe 12. But you know, that ballpark, uh, it was won by a guy from Stockholm, uh, Tefkin. What
0: The uh, Pevkin won yeah. the first one? I had, I had no idea. Uh, sorry, all the listeners, for the <laughs> internal. <laughs> like, whoa. Uh, that's a player in my community here right now. So, and the
3: old one who come gone for, you know. So he is. Now uh, that I do know,
0: but I had no but idea. That
3: was, was before we had giant sharks, so that's why I only have one giant shark. Okay.
0: Well, let's get back to the giant shark as well. So eleven, twelve people. The first World Championship, two thousand nine, and uh, was it at the same pub as it is yeah. uh, right now? Yeah. So it's been the same location for all years. Yeah. That but we is... didn't.
3: Have, but we didn't have any like we didn't hire bartenders and stuff like that because we were so few people. And uh, I still had the keys to the pub, so you know I could pretty much host it just myself.
0: Okay, so. Let's jump to this third NoobCon. Any special memories from the third NoobCon? Did it go up in attendance yeah. or down?
3: No, it, it, it's always been going up pretty much. Uh, NoobCon 3 was really sweet. You know, The deck that won uh, was an All Hallows Eve deck that played with three or four Colossus Saadia and used... It didn't play all the Moxon, uh, because it always wanted to have, like, green mana turn two to play Sylvan Library. And then, you know, check the top three cards, mill yourself uh, to have, like, an old-school Sensei's Divining top. And so then it used ha-
0: Millstone. Yeah. So and th- that's eight we- years ago. Eight years yeah. ago, the Millstone the Sylvan Library combo.
3: Yeah. And then you had, like, you tried to get a uh, bunch of Sidia in the graveyard, and then you played All Hallows' Eve and Attack with like 27 or something. And it was, I don't know how, how the deck worked, but, you know, post-sideboard, it pretty much transformed to uh, the deck that won using the millstones on the opponent. But it was, it was a really strange deck.
2: <laughs>
3: but that's the, that's the
0: fun thing of the format, the strange decks. Yeah. That keep on... Popping up here and there.
2: I yeah, still I, think...
0: I still see new decks popping up. For me, at least, new decks. Maybe yeah, yeah, not yeah. for you. And that's, um, that's uh, saying a lot because the format isn't that big. There's not that many cards uh, 900 no. something different cards. And uh, playables, probably <laughs> <those> 300, 200. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, okay, that's Newcom 3.
2: Uh, yeah, Newcom,
3: th- Newcom 3 was the first uh, Newcom also where I met people, you know, that I hadn't met before. It wasn't just only my friends. Because at that point, you know, the form has grown to like outside the immediate community of magic players I knew. So that's kind of cool. So that's 2010.
0: Uh, I was trying to 10, keep in my head. to yeah, 2011, 2008 of, uh, okay sorry then 2011 In 2012 we have Nukon 4 is that the first yeah. shark one
3: no Nukon 3 was the first shark
0: okay then then let's jump into the shark what is the shark the all elusive shark <laughs> everyone wants tell us about it
3: it actually started at the tournament uh also at rotary pubs during the summer of 2010 uh, where there uh, uh, was a GP in Gothenburg. So uh, we said, okay, let's host uh, an old-school tour- tournament at the Prague during the GP and uh, because a lot of people were coming down to play. And that was the actual first tournament where I met people from outside different communities to play old school. And uh, Viktor uh also known as old school in the community, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He he created, like, a trophy for this tournament, which he cut out, like, a giant shark and put on it, uh, which uh, Kalenur then won. And, you know, because he was, like, this huge, awesome player and he was the giant shark. So that was the first giant shark that we uh, that we gave out. And uh, then I thought that's kind of a fun thing, to give someone some kind of prize for winning. So we... I used that idea from uh, from old school at New 3 and had all the players sign the cards so they can like see okay these are all the players that you defeated and now you are uh, the, the this point.
0: was your prey, yeah all the, all the small fish,
3: yeah so so I'm not really a personally I'm not really a fan of you know giving participation prizes where everyone signs all the cards and gets them because they get less special than in some way you know yeah. I. Like the um uh Ursus Chalice is that won at your tournament from Russia with Love. No, Lung. it's a it's
0: a Ivory Cup because the tournament no. is an Ivory Cup. No, that was an Ursus Chalice that's from oh, And and from Russia with Love, we gave an Ursus Chalice just because we have the main tournament that is an Ivory Cup.
3: Yeah. And and that Ursus Chalice, which I managed to win, uh, it has like a big place in my heart. And you know, it's uh, it's got an honorary spot in my binder and all that. But if everyone would get one, it wouldn't be the exact same thing. And yep. the next time like I play a tournament in Stockholm, I will most probably have that card in my deck. That's <laughs> no. Every time I play at Eirik, I play with my festival, which I won there a couple of years ago. Uh, and the sharks are like the main super card to win. Uh, so people who win a giant shark are expected to always play with them.
0: And they do. Cool. And they do. So... That's the story about the Giant Shark, which was introduced at NoobCon 3 in 2011. And now we're going, uh, stepping one year ahead to NoobCon 4, 2012. Let, let's do it. Let's continue like this. Let's take every NoobCon and see if you can remember something fun about everyone. Yeah. everyone. So, NoobCon 4, what happened there? Except that Pevkin won his second tournament, but his first shark.
3: Yeah, NoobCon 4... Nupcom Four was insane. Uh, I think uh, uh, we're thirty-four players, which was
2: whoa,
3: yeah, which was like kind of unheard of. Uh, it was larger than I think, pretty much any. I think even any legacy tournament. It was larger than legacy <laughs> tournament. I think it was larger than you know like any vintage tournament been in Sweden for a lot of years. Uh, That's so, crazy. So yeah, thirty-four players is a lot in a small country like Sweden.
0: But and, like thirty-four uh, players is a lot in old school tournament today. Yeah, and, uh, like now we're talking two thousand twelve. That's five years ago.
3: Yeah, that's I amazing. Around, I think we're on twenty-three at NoobCon three or something. Uh But anyway, thirty-four players and very high intoxication level. Uh, <laughs> the NoobCon with the by far highest intoxication level. Uh, So I think we dropped like two or three players, you know, just because they were so drunk, you know, like immobilized drunk. And uh, I know I I, and it started late. I know the tournament was finished. I I know I was walking home with ELF to stay with me uh, around nine in the morning. And it 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 was really really rough tournaments, and it was also the last tournament before we um, we uh, restricted. Monitoring, because like the tournaments before that you know bsK and Nucom three and stuff you know the the top eight was pretty much like only players who had no actually Nucom five was monitoring, but monitoring was such a big contender at those tournaments Were
0: well, were there a lot of the decks being played already yeah
3: yeah the the winning deck actually that played was the fifth can play was a perfect which is mm-hmm. uh, like a control deck with uh, Holy Mines and Relic Barriers and stuff.
0: Yeah, tap-out control deck.
3: Yeah, it was the first uh, tap-out control deck or the first deck with Holy Mines or that combo I'd seen in the format. Oh, and okay. he played one Mana Drain, but other than that, you know, the deck was, was really dominant. Uh, uh, like, I think there were... I don't know if... It was usually on like at least six the decks in the top eight of um of the tournaments and you know pretty much every deck played four mana drains so it was yeah. it was just a mistake not to play the deck back no? because mana, mana drain doesn't seem that insanely powerful but you know <laughs> it's just insanely powerful. Yes. Because because ba- basically it's like a counter spell that also lets you draw a card because you always have a book in play or something. So uh, uh But back then, you know, people didn't have as much cards, so I guess that uh, some people still, you know, played without four mana drains. But, you know, the top eight was like only the decks, or only four mana drains. And a parfait. But still,
0: parfait won. Parfait is one of my favorite decks. I played the last tournament in the UK. Yeah. I love it. And, um,. Going from Noobcon
3: Four to Noobcon Five, then that was actually the first tournament where we have like a drop in the attendance because Noobcon Four was so decadent. So there, there were a lot like of old like collectors more than players because many people came out of the woodworks, you know, and just took out their cards to play at Noobcon and play old school. And uh, many of those players were like almost scared away because it was. Uh, <laughs> It was so decadent, no 4. And um, uh, it was the first year we
0: had pins. Okay. Oh, dear. I had pins for quite some time then. Yeah. So now and we're talking 2013.
3: Let's see. NoobCon 5. Yeah. yeah, that's great. 2013. And I think I tubated that one. Yeah, I tubated that one. Uh, with the, the first time I I'd started working the year before, so I could finally play Project M. And I was the only player in the top eight that didn't play multiple Mona Drains. So we, we restricted Mandrain at that. Time. Because I, I still played blue, but I, I hadn't afforded any mana Drains or a Blue Power Project yet. Uh, and the seven other decks played like four Mandrains, or at least a couple.
0: So that's when you you all decided to like, okay, that's enough. No more mana drains. It's too yeah. crazy for the format. Yeah. And ELF
3: had started playing the year before that. He had he had been like a hang around in the format before. Uh and he, he won the five of course and he won the BSK before that as well. So uh he was really dominating in the format back then.
0: Okay. Well let, let, Let's. Uh, we're probably going to talk to Yelov about that uh, in some future episode. Yeah. Um, but just a quick uh, note: this there about mana drain being restricted. Was it somewhere here you decided to announce ban and restricts right after NoobCon, or had you done that before in the
3: format? I think we started doing it after NoobCon. At NoobCon four. At- Maybe three, because the year before that we we had uh, we unrestricted fast bond and restricted shirts. The year before that, at least, in 2012. 2011, I think we just were kind of random. Still, you know, we did it when uh, uh, once or twice a year, when you know we felt like it. Uh, but then, as the community started growing, and you know, we we need to have some kind of like, uh, consistency towards the uh, Banner like update. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I, I want to say Noobcon 4, it could be Noobcon 3.
0: Okay, yeah. So, um, Kalle one with uh, a lot of mana drains, your streaking no, mana yeah. drain. Elof one. sorry. Um, anything else about Noobcon? We were on Noobcon 5?
3: Yeah. I really liked that tournament. It was uh I think NoobCon five was where when we really, you know, like found the uh when at least for my part, you know, when I found okay, so this is how I wanna do it. Because NoobCon one was like way too unorganized and then, you know, pretty much I started hosting it myself and the first like two or three years we're still, you know, trying to find like a balance, you know, how drunk should we be, when should we start the tournament, you know what kind of attitude you want to have towards the players. Did, uh,
0: did you just say, getting, you know, like, when should we start, or did, how drunk should we be? Yeah, Was that <laughs> something you actually said right now?
3: Well, I think it <laughs> was also the first year we actually hired bartenders, instead of, you know, just running up to the bar and grabbing a beer when it felt like it. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. I
0: I still like that was one of the things (laughs) you're saying to start sorted out. Like, how drunk should we be to not be. Yeah, not scare (laughs) away the collectors, but still be able to play. And, yeah, sure. So, uh, Nukecon 4, we had Parfait for the first time. Nukecon 5, we had too many Mandarins, so they were restricted. And you decided how drunk you should be. Now we go to Nukecon 6 then.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Noobcon 6 was also really, I think we're 40, 45 players or something. Uh, like all the Noobcon's has, Noobcon has always had the, you know, attendance record, or what you want to call it, you know, old school. Uh, except like for a, for a period last year when, you know, Eternal Central, there were yes. tournament tournaments for even more players. But, you know, then Noobcon 9 came along and... Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Eternal Central had 84 players or something like that. That was a big yeah. tournament.
3: Yeah, it was huge, man. Really cool. And um, now Six was also sweet. This was the first time we had players from other For example, uh, yeah. uh...
0: which has become a big community here in Sweden.
3: Yeah. A big and, shout out
0: uh, to the Arvika crew who does an amazing job of organizing tournaments and going to other tournaments and just being absolute good guys, awesome, <laughs> yeah. uh, all, awesome old school guys. A big shout out yeah. to you guys.
3: And so. uh, I think yeah, Nukon Six was the first time where people actually traveled from from different countries. Uh, hmm. Like it was a guy from Denmark, for example, and stuff like that. So we could actually start, you know, referring to it as a world championship even more.
0: And and it's the first tournament uh, where the Icelandic leprechaun deck makes an appearance. Yes, it is. <laughs> Check that Oops. out on the, the site. Uh, the leprechaun ward deck. I dare you. It's one of the most amazing That's... decks in old school ever, according yeah. to me.
3: <laughs> and this was also the time, you know, where where people start, you know, to take notice a little bit about old school. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that big, you know, until the year after. But you know, people like you, you saw in some forums and stuff that you know, people said, okay, so this is actually something that they do, and uh, is this something we want to want to join in as well? I think the first international tournament was uh, was a. Uh, I think Canada in late 2012, December 2012. But then it wasn't that much for a year after that. But you know, around new concepts, you know, people start, you know to take take notice of performance. Uh, had you
0: had you started the old school blog then? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, this is 2000 and uh, let's see, so It's 2014 we're talking about now. Yeah.
3: So I, I I started writing on the blog. Uh, Active like every week in 2012, and uh, the blog started in 2011. But then it was uh, Stalin, uh, who who wrote on it. And it Stal- was most-
0: the, the the player Stalin, uh, which yeah. may be a name that uh, people get upset with, but it's just a nickname. <laughs> That's yeah. the player who also thinks Unlimited should be banned, isn't it? Yeah, because it's too unpimp.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he's the guy who actually won Noob Six, so we can get back to him there. <gasps> he won using uh, electric Eel agro or counter burn or UR burn or what you want. And that's kind of fun because you know he he was ninth place player in the standings. And Calenude, uh, he actually he dropped the tournament before round six uh, because he was going going out, you know, hanging with the family or something. But you know he still had so good record. <laughs> they have X and O, so he was uh, he was in the top eight even though he dropped before the before uh, the before last the last round. round. Okay, yeah. That,
0: that's yeah. I, I don't even have words for that. That's just so amazing. Like I top yeah. eight after I dropped.
3: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that made you know Stalin take his place in the in the top eight, uh, which he then won. So it's kind of cool.
0: So can you tell us a little bit maybe about uh, the decks there? Do you
3: remember? Yeah, we had uh, Your Burn was very popular that tournament. Is that uh, uh,
0: where it started to get popular or had it been a
3: part of the format for a longer time? I think it was at BSK, but it wasn't that much. Uh, I think that's the tournament, you know, where it really went through. But uh, the first time I saw someone play... UR Burn was at like BSK around 2011 or something uh, where Victor Ullskull Persson, which has like invented so many decks in the format uh, played the Electric heel aggro deck at the uh, side event in second. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, the same guy that won New Country and he, he's just like a crazy brewer. But then you know he brews the deck and then he usually just like throws it away unless it's a weird combo deck.
0: Like comes up with a the foundation of a great deck idea, but never like optimizes it.
3: Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, <laughs> please.
0: Cool. Okay. So, NoobCon 6 won by Electric Eel Agro, yes. And um, should we go to NoobCon 7, or do you have something more about NoobCon 6?
3: NoobCon 6, was. it was the last time we were fit in the pub. Uh, and we didn't have to use the gymnasium.
0: Oh yeah, uh, for those who are listening who hasn't been to NoobCon, which I imagine is quite a bit of people, NoobCon is held at the pub, uh, but there is a opening into a small gymnasium, a small sports venue, uh, which is the main play area uh, nowadays with all the tables. So, NoobCon 6, you still played in the pub, uh, without using the gymnasium. Yeah. Cool. And um, let's see, NoobCon 6, 2014, that's uh, probably around where I played my first old school game. It could be at Mickey Magnusson's place. Oh. Um, and um, had no idea what NoobCon was then. But um, let's jump then to NoobCon 7. NoobCon 7 gets so big you have to open up the gymnasium. And yeah. what, what more happened at NoobCon 7?
3: Yeah, like as so the year before, you know, people had started uh, like recognizing the format in lots of different countries. You uh, know, at this point, you know, there was a kind of big scene in Italy. And, uh, because yeah, played- this
0: this is the year where where it really explodes all over the world.
3: Yeah. Uh I wrote some guest article for uh for Eternal Central and uh about the format because Jason Jake had opened up like a subsection on the Journal Central homepage about the old school. I know people started contacting me, you know, that were like kind of famous. You <laughs> know, they were like yeah uh, even Menendian and people like that, which I because I'm mostly a casual player. I I played vintage and had some decent results, but I'm not the kind of guy that travels around the world to play GP or stuff like that. So, so like the visitors on the blog has doubled, at least doubled pretty much every year. Uh, so oh. when I started when I started writing it uh, in 2012, so I think I think were something like 300 visitors a month. Uh and uh by New Year's when I checked before you know I stopped facing out, we had two thousand a day. Uh Whoa. so that
0: is some serious traffic.
3: Yeah, so we had like seven times more in a day than we had in a month when I started doing it. So uh but anyways NoobCon 7 you know then then we had uh, like properly international players. We had like uh Konstantin from Russia, it was his first tournament, his first time at Nubeson, and uh, super nice to see the the Russian players for the first time. Yeah,
0: that is cool.
3: Yeah. And we were, I think, uh, but still, you know, it, it the scenes were like popping up, but it hadn't really, you know, exploded or started growing that much yet, so it was still, you know, just a few people here and there that thought, okay, hey, this could be cool. And we still, you know, had spots for everyone at the tournament. Which was the last time we had spots for everyone at the tournament. So
0: 2015 is the year we're talking about now. And that's the last tournament where everyone who wanted to play got to play. And that means about 72 or 76 players?
3: Yeah, we we were less than... We had 76 as like the cap. And I think we're around 55 or something
0: that year. So 55 players uh Konstantin from Russia comes over. That that must have been a sweet thing like actually seeing it become that international.
3: Yeah, like people actually jump Not all
0: not just in Norway, Norwegian, Denmark. For for the guys yeah. who doesn't live in Sweden, the Nordic countries are almost the same.
3: Favorite they're neighboring at least.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Almost the same, no, Uh, neighboring so it's quite easy to travel. But no people from other places started coming and 55 people. Do you have anything about the top eight from NoobCon? Yeah,
3: Kallen Noord who skipped out on his top eight the year before, you know, he uh, he came back and won that year.
0: (laughs) Of course he did.
3: That's kind of sweet. And uh, the deck had gotten a resurgence because, as I said, you know there weren't that many decks at Nukecon 6 because people just assumed that it was unplayable when uh, when you couldn't have monobrain Because before that was like the only Tire 1 deck was the deck and no other deck was even Tire 2. Okay. And uh, and then suddenly, you know, you have this uh, where you have that the deck is Tire 1 and Your Burn is Tire 1 and there are lots of decks at like Tire 1.5 or Tire 2. And people didn't realize that just to go to the deck had become, like, so much worse compared to the field. It was still, like, a great choice. So for a year, pretty much no one played it, because, you know, it was so much worse. But then they realized it's still, like, the best deck. So, uh...
0: What what do you say? I thought it was quite interesting what you said now. Uh, So I want to see if you still stand by those words uh, today. Uh, And today is the 7th of May just for people who are listening to this later on, 7th of May 2017. Would you say it's Blue-Red, Counter-Burn, and the deck is the only Tier 1 decks, and then we have a bunch of Tier 1.5 decks?
3: Yeah, probably. There there are are decks that are, I mean, close. Uh, But I think that uh, um, if you own... Like, the difference is... For example, if you if you know how to play like Mono Black or uh, Dead Guy or uh, stuff like that, or the machine for that matter, a deck that went missed up eight on Noobcon on tiebreakers, uh, you're you're much better equipped to try to win a tournament with that kind of decks than you know, just pick up the deck and assume that you know how to play it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're but if you're like an all around like real solid player like the sober pro tour players who saw in the top 8 of Newborn this year <laughs> uh, then your best bet to top 8 win the tournament I think is to sleeve up either the deck or your burn uh, but they're like the last two short tournaments was won, won by Sue in Avica, and this one was like mono black with the splash of blue so uh, and I think that uh, if you're good at playing a deck that's much more important than picking like the tire 1 deck for example, at the RV uh you had uh, three of the decks in the top four, were like Armageddon decks. Uh, it won by a Sue deck, uh, second place was Geddon, third place was Geddon, and fourth place was, you know, you, with the B, <laughs> which was like a random, <laughs> yeah, like, good stuff pile with Transmute Artifact and Guardian Beast. Yep. Uh, and you had uh, the one of the deck players in the top eight as well, but... Uh, you know, pick a deck that you're comfortable with, and probably you will be able to win. Uh, and it's not like before when you know you just pick up at the deck, and the cards are so inherently powerful, and you have like eight counters for two blue mana, one of which is Andre. Yeah, and you know, it's like anybody don't playing that deck is probably just you know doing it for the loot.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was a small. Um... Side note uh, on how the deck was the only deck. Mana drain gets restricted and it disappears for a year and has its resurgence. And we talked about the resurgence now. That was Noobcon seven. And uh, anything more about uh, to, to add about Noobcon seven?
3: Was a really good-looking pin. I think. <laughs> with, the, uh, with the dragon well hatching from the Easter egg. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, For those who don't know, uh, NoobCon is always at uh, Easter. So there's a small Easter theme where Magnus uh, gives out Easter eggs with uh, both candy and other things that make people very, very happy. And also... That was thing.
3: the first year we had Easter egg. No. Uh, uh, yeah, that's kind of fun, because we, like, uh, uh, so many people are coming now, and uh, I, I had the uh, entry fee for, I think, was 10 euros before. I up to, like, 15 euros uh, to, like, get some extra stuff and buy some random things. And uh, because the only thing you won was still a giant shark. Uh, so the price support was, like, really cheap. So I only had, like, pay bartenders and... Uh, for the site and stuff like that so i figured you know i can in order to make people feel like it was fun you know to come and play and uh stuff like that you know i i gave out easter eggs around round six or so uh so the people who are still there could like get an easter egg and back then you know everyone got a card that just said dupe seven written on it and a few of them also said on the back you know you got an easter egg ah. or, like, uh, it was more random then, so you had, like, an, a Legends booster in one of them, and you had a uh, place that altered, uh, what's, the, uh, Orgokan, no, the Vendoran Enchantress, and oh, nice. you had a Dual Land, which uh, which a uh, professional alter on it, and, like, a few other random things. I think it was, like, three of the dark boosters in one of them.
0: That are some nice prizes to just get... Random in a Easter egg. but I, and, and that is something that has um, uh, got some spread all over the world with not having a big, big uh, prize for the winner, but instead having almost like a lottery and giving out random good prizes to people just yeah. to not make it all about winning. Winning is for glory, yeah. not winning money.
3: Yeah, because you know you can't really like earn money on playing this format. You know, you you build a deck for like twenty thousand dollars, and uh, you travel like with a plane across half the world, and you pay an entry fee. And you know, wh- what could we possibly give you that would make up? For this yeah. <laughs> it's not even worth trying.
0: No, it's not. I'm completely with you on that one. So, new 7 the first year of the Easter eggs. Then we go to Noobcon Eight, which was actually my first Noobcon. Oh, uh, I haven't been to Noobcon that many times. Uh, sorry to say, but so this I I know a little bit about. But it's still up to you, Magnus. Noobcon Eight. Yeah, it was the first Noobcon with Gordon.
4: So
0: <laughs> <the third>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That that's been a memorable moment.
4: Yeah,
3: no, but I I'd realized, you know, after Noobcon uh, uh, seven, that uh, there will there would be a lot of pressure on the seats uh, for next one. But at that point, you know, people, the communities around the world started actually growing, and uh, people seemed to, you know, spread the word, and they were eager to come over. And you know, I've never tried to, you know, uh, advertise Noobcon that much. I've never had like a taste. Page about it, and uh, you know, I, I'm not i have not been actively looking for people to come and play. Uh, but that year, I felt you know I, I had to do this like as hidden as possible,
2: <laughs> if you can say <laughs> that.
3: So I wrote a guest uh, guest post at the uh, MTG Underground, um, and it was insanely long and kind of random. And I reviewed like eighties horror movies in the middle of it and uh, I thought it was kind of fun uh, but in the end there I said okay so now if you want to play a noob gun you know this is the time to sign up so if anyone actually found through the MTG Underground and read that blog and said okay yeah fair enough I'm going to email this guy and then also you know I posted on a private forum at, um, at Senska Magic. Yeah. Sweet- uh,
0: that's the Swedish magic forum for yeah only swedish yeah. people it's uh, both a magic card market and a forum
3: and yeah and we have uh we have a private table or private forum there which yeah. maybe uh, we should
0: do a little um, thing about that if any swedes are listening who isn't um on the private old school table they should uh, search swedish magic for the user mg and uh, maybe send him an email about that <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I do remember that that blog post uh, on um, uh, MTG Underground. Yeah, because it uh, it came out the same time as Nebraska's War in Italy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, because I was I was there with Martin Berlin, uh, last NoobCon's, uh champion, NoobCon Eight winner. Yeah, uh, he and I was there battling to be able to play. Against Richard Garfield, that was the first prize. We were the two Swedes there, fifty-four players or something like that, and we ended up in the finals against each other. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, also at that tournament I met Ireland uh, uh, Peterson from yeah. uh, Norway. And um, no, s- no. Not I. Yeah, started. yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, he was the one taking up his phone and he was, oh, uh, now we need to sign up. And that's. I signed up immediately for NoobCon when I was playing old school in Italy at Nebraska's War. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I remember that blog post. And that's why I was able to get a spot because you needed to be quick that year.
3: Yeah, it took. Uh, this was like. Uh... Uh, in early December, like a few days. I yeah. don't know, when was the rest of war?
0: It was like 5th of December or something like that, 3rd, yeah,
3: yeah. 5th. I, I think we filled the 7th, on like 8th of December or something, or something, you know, because it was just like a few days before everyone signed up. And, that, and the, then, uh,
0: That's crazy. That is yeah. crazy.
3: Yeah, so that was kind of cool. And this was also the... I, I had... Saved a few spots for international players this time. So uh, there were like uh, 10 spots or so, you know, I, I held on. I, I was supposed to hold on to until like the last week before, you know, in case someone wanted to come from a different place, you know, didn't usually follow the updates. Uh, so we so had, for example, four guys from Germany. It was the first time I had the Germans there. And, uh. No, oh, yeah, that,
0: that's. And that's because uh, of Nebraska's war. Because I yeah. met uh, Alban at Nebraska's War and said, you should come to Sweden and play Nukong. Look uh, here. <laughs> and he was <just laughs> like, hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give a shout out there for Nebraska's War. Because uh, a uh, big convention in Italy with uh, a lot of big tournaments, a big old school tournament and more. Yeah,
3: and the guys organized our so awesome. Yeah. The Italian players, I, I haven't been to Nebraska before, but I was down at uh, Fish Liver Oil Cup uh half a year ago, and which was just, it was the conventional justice tournament they hosted. And it was so great, and the players were so friendly, and uh, they they also had, like, the the winning prize was uh, Fish Liver Oil, uh, signed by all the participants, and uh, then they had just, like, a... Uh, random lottery for a time twister
0: open yeah love those guys and uh, but yeah the, it was the first like really really international noob content with a lot of different countries because you also had Danny from the States yeah. uh, which uh, is um, of course a member of the Chicago Lord of the Pits uh, as yep. Grant is who's, uh, hosting this podcast with me and uh, Constantine from Russia was there again. With a friend this time. With a friend.
3: Also from
0: Russia. Nikita. Uh,
3: Yeah, Nikita.
0: And uh, the German people, some. Yeah, and the Nordic countries, of course, and things like that.
3: Great tournament, people. Also the first time for uh, David Chambers.
0: Oh, yeah, David Chambers, New Zealander. Yeah. And. um, that uh, tournament, as you said, was just sold out. Uh, all booked in a couple of days. A yeah. big big waiting list. Um, so, after filling all the slots available at the pub that year, something needed to be done for yeah. the year after, which was this year's new con. So, what did you do then?
3: That's actually kind of hard. I started working on it in august, and uh, uh I just have to say that you know organizing a tournament with like uh fifty players isn't you know twice as hard as organizing one with twenty five players. It's like five times as hard because uh, there's a completely yes. different uh way of thing. and organizing one with a hundred players when you want to try to keep it casual is insanely much harder than fifty players uh or at least harder so uh what I did first was, you know, like trying to look at different venues. And at this point, you know, there there are there are a lot of places in Gothenburg that say, you know, we can host you because we drink so much. You know, it's, it's a good deal for them to just host there. There are places that you know I could get for free, but finding finding any location that took more than eighty turned out to be really really hard. Uh, so me and a guy called Nikolin Dean, who lives in Gothenburg, who is um, very very friendly guy and an amazing vintage player. You know he started looking at different places where it can go. You know I went to Gothenburg, talked to people who had different venues and they were like, yeah, this will gonna cost you two thousand euros and you have to close at twelve in the evening. And I was like, nah. and uh, there were I, I just couldn't find any place that fit or worked, and I didn't want to have to the convention site because you know I feel like alcohol is an important part. It,
0: it, it was the reason why you started NoobCon nine years <laughs> ago to be able to drink alcohol while you were playing Magic. So, yeah, an important part
3: I is keep, keeping it casual, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and people shouldn't have to be like afraid if uh, they can be thieves and stuff like that, also in unconventional in different ways because you don't know everybody. So, uh, that was a kind of hard not to crack. And, uh, but I figured that, you know, there are so many old school tournaments around the world right now. You have like the Adika Festival and the Ivory Cup and uh, BSK and lots of gatherings where we have around like 40 players or 30 at least. So if you want to play old school in like a kind of big setting, you know, it is possible right now. Like the NoobCon isn't like the only tournament or one of the only two tournaments of the year. Uh, but in the end, I managed to talk to the guys at the pub who talked to like the fire safety department and realized that since we are in the gymnasium as well, you know, we probably should be able to change the cap for number of players. So they changed it to a hundred, uh, which they meant to do in like October or something, which made me super happy. And, uh, and then what I did with the invites this time was that rather than, you know, try to sneak a message or doing like 1st come 1st serve. you know, I, I contacted a bunch of tournament organizers in different cities, uh, contacted around like 25 communities. You were the guy in Stockholm, for example. Yeah. Uh, I said, okay, so you guys, you have five invites. So You have three invites. And uh, do what you want with them. Take them for yourself, put the coin about it, invite your friends, host tournaments. you know, do whatever. But, you know... You are a community and I want to have as many communities as possible. That's because that's what the world championship should be. You know, you should have like you should gather yeah. people all over and have them fight. And uh no strings attached, you know, do whatever you <laughs> want with it and see what happens. And that worked out pretty well, I think. Uh we still had like a major waitlist uh there were still, you know, at the day of the tournament, a lot of people on the site, you know, seeing if anyone would drop or didn't show up so they could join. And I think there were at least 50 players on the wait list. And Whoa. I'm not sure how many we would have had, you know, if I wouldn't say, you know, there are 50 people on the wait list. Maybe you should wait till next year. So I, I, I can't give a number of how large it should have been. But, you know, I don't think 200 is an impossible number. You know, if you just say, like, everyone can come. So that, it had, is know, that is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, that's really explosive. But then on the other hand, you know, if we would have 200 people, maybe like 50 of those wouldn't want to come, because, you know, they, they go there for the coastness And there the are people, you know, travel down to Gothenburg with their wife and kids and say, you know, I'm off for one day, now we're going to play Magic, and... Uh, they and make like a a
0: 200-person tournament wouldn't be the same. If we no. changed the venue and things like that, it wouldn't be the the thing that NoobCon is.
3: What I, what I wanted to do for a while was actually have it for a couple of days. Because, you know, uh, the guy who runs, for example, GG Bar, which is an e pub in Gothenburg, he said we could use this location for free if we wanted. And uh, then we could have, like, day one at uh, both that pub and the uh, Rotary, and, then, and maybe have, like, 150 players total. And then day two at the pub. But there were so many people, you know, who can't, like, leave their family or... Because
0: it it is Easter. People have a vacation. They take one day for the Magic tournament and they have the other days to do other stuff.
2: Yeah. But
0: but at least I think the invite system um, was working quite well uh, for for this year uh, and many different... People came. I think the number you've gone out with is 13 different nationalities. Yeah. Correct. So. The guy from
3: Denmark uh, couldn't make it, unfortunately. So, otherwise, we would have been 14. Oh. And the guy from Ireland doesn't want to come unless we invite all three of them. So, I guess that they will have to have three invites. Year. And did did so you say Ireland? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly who they are. <laughs> they, they always travel in a team. They are yeah. amazing, and yeah. um, you should send th- uh, three invites to Ireland uh, next yeah, time.
2: W-
3: it would be awesome to meet them. Uh, I-, I hope they would like to come.
0: I can promise you they will come. There's always a big. <laughs> there's also a big vintage tournament, and then they'll come. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and that was this year's NoobCon which yeah. was uh, won by. Almost a mono black deck. Blue Splash. Yep. And we're going to talk to the winner, uh, Christopher Arlefur Hashi, uh, a little bit later in the podcast. So, stay tuned for that one. And... Um, I don't know, do you have anything more to add about the NoobCon story?
3: Uh, it's, it is the way that, you know, I really wanted to play Magic Uh, 10 or 12 years ago and uh, it's just so amazing and it's really you know the people who come that makes it what it is you know you you have a scenario where you know you're cramped and you have to sit on a beer cake because we're out of chairs you know
2: it's
3: uh, it's a weird fucking gathering and uh, you know all the people I meet there like are they're like zero douchebags and uh, they're guys that you know you want to grab a beer with afterwards and you know they're I couldn't have asked for, like, better Magic because You know, I, I can get the location uh, and I can find the giant shark. But then, you know, the atmosphere and all that, you know, they're just, like, the players that come in the community. And I'm so happy that they, they make this, like, my favorite tournament of the year.
0: It's you who makes this their favorite tournament of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but you should not forget that. We all love that you're doing this. You are the... You're the one who's the spider in the web, as we say <laughs> in Sweden, <laughs> who makes it all come together. So big, big thank you for that. And I think uh, we're going to uh, wrap it all up um, and do that with uh, five quick questions. Are you ready okay. to answer five quick questions? Yes, let's go. Okay. We start with an easy one. What's your favorite color of magic?
3: <laughs> That's not easy at all. Okay, every but then
4: combination. there's only
0: five.
3: Okay, so I like every combination except uh, white and green, I think. But favorite color, yeah, it's either blue or black, probably.
0: Blue or black. Okay, a little bit harder now. Then favorite creature in magic uh
3: do some gin or Vesuvan Doppelganger
0: oh Vesuvan Doppelganger yeah well, that's a nice one I actually have one signed oh but sorry to say it's revised so I can't use it and I hate that because it's, <laughs> uh, it's not a sign you see every day and um, okay question number three favorite enchant world
3: uh, it has to be the Abyss the Abyss yeah, I, I could be cool and say like "Canvas of Despair" or something that no one knows that it is, but or like "Suleiman's Legacy." But uh, I think that's
0: w- what you should say—something that <laughs> everyone has to look up because, like, what? Cus-cun what? Who's going forth? Isn't that the the black uh, like uh, propaganda? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from Ice <laughs> Age.
3: And now from Homeland. And you have to tap a creature and stuff, it's, uh, it's horrible. I understand. Uh, uh, the Abyss.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm a, little, I'm a little sad about that. I thought you were going to say something really strange and cool. But okay, okay. Mister. Sure. No, but it was your favorite, so. Then we yeah. come to number four. Your favorite animal.
3: Animal what? just seemed like any animal.
0: Any animal, not magic-related?
3: Uh, I like dogs. Uh, I like horses. Mm, yeah. Hmm? Somewhere around there. Okay, okay.
0: Needs to have a, one more, one, one question that wasn't magic-related. Yeah. So... The last question here. What is your favorite old-school deck? Like, any, yeah. any categories. And you can't say yeah. the one you played at NoobCon, even if I haven't talked about it. Right? Like,
3: Yeah, because this was actually the first NoobCon in, in pretty much ever, which I didn't play Project M. So uh, then I get to say Project M, right?
2: Uh,
0: you get but to say I... Project M. Uh, if you tell us in 30 seconds what Project M is.
3: That was the deck that I wanted to play when I was a small kid and I never could afford like a black blue deck with uh, Jusam Jinn and Seven Doppelganger and Chaos Orb and all the cool cards. Uh, Guardian Beast. I thought the arc was amazing. Uh, and uh, 2012, I started trying to build it because that a time where you know, I had the economics to try and build my favorite deck and it took me three and a half years or so and then I found and I play with it along the way, you know, without power cards and stuff. But uh, that, uh, that's an amazing, amazingly fun deck to play. It is. Yes, like um,
0: but I, w- I would never never describe it as a Jusim Jin, Vesuvian Doppelganger yeah. fun card deck. I would describe it as a Transmute, Artifact, yeah. Grixis, yeah. Control deck with, Chaos, with Guardian and Beast, Chaos Orb, and a lot of different just fun one-offs.
3: Yeah, because it's pretty much only one of the for like three Guardian beasts. I think it was like three Mishra's Factory because you can transmute them and two or three Transmute Artifacts. Exactly. And then two and Manipulator.
0: So isn't it a Guardian Beast Transmute Artifact deck with all the fun cards in blue, black, and red?
3: Yeah, that's probably a better description.
0: Because I love I, that deck. I love that deck. But if we say that's a very special deck for you, other than that, like a favorite deck in the format.
3: I know this sounds sounds a little stupid, and uh, I never played it in a tournament myself. But I kind of like the deck. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. so it has like all the coolest cards, and it's like it's the deck of Magic, and uh, you there's like decision trees that go on for days. And many times you actually play the player more than the deck. So, like, I, uh, once upon a time, you know, I had different sideboard plans when I faced uh, Kalle and Elof playing the deck, or, like, a more novice Nub- player playing the deck. <laughs> and uh, it's so much back and forth, and it's, uh, it, it's 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 really beautiful to look at as well. You know, you, you really see, like, this is the history of magic when you see it. Uh, I actually think that's kind of cool. I, I know it's a little... No, Maybe it's too good, but you know, it's, uh, if we're going to have one Taiwan deck, I'd much rather see it be like a deck of that which, you, which a player usually can, you know, come around by playing. Uh, but
0: it is also, it has always been the Taiwan deck. Yeah. So history-wise, it is.
3: Yeah. And like, for example, say, say if, uh, like, a burn deck an <laughs> undisputed Taiwan deck. So, you know, like, legacy burn would be legal knowledgeable. That would be an insanely boring deck to play against. And uh, or if like Starsis would be a Tyre one deck or stuff like that. It's the deck at least gives you like some space to maneuver. Or like you, you can plan on how to beat it. You can like actually play crumbles to destroy their bits or something like that. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I have played it myself, so I, I'm not like the super fan, but I think it's one of the cooler decks in the game. Cool. That's a good answer.
0: And with that, uh, we're going to end this small interview. Thank you so, so much for participating and um, joining us uh, for a longer interview than was um, uh, the, the plan, but uh, I hope uh, all the listeners thinks there's a lot of interesting things here to hear about.
3: So, you may cut it freely.
0: <laughs> I'll try. I promise. <laughs> I'll try. Thank you, Magnus, so, so much and um, hope to see you at uh, nextcom next NoobCon or maybe even at the Ivory Cup in Stockholm and um, have a great, uh, great day. Thank you. Thank you very much. our interview with MG, uh, Magnus Dalval, and uh, Grant, uh, now you've heard a little bit more about the story of NoobCon, and uh, you know that we, we were a hundred people now, it's the world championship, we, we've done it for nine years, and things like that. Do you, Would you say you have something similar in the States?
1: Yeah, so Eternal Central, uh, well eternal weekend uh, in north america is when they do vintage and legacy champs um so they've started to do old school uh as like i wouldn't even almost it's i would maybe call it a side event but we do last year they got about 80 or so players so it's a pretty big side event um yeah so then uh, basically they uh, hold an old school tournament i think last year was on thursday um It was in Columbus. Uh, And then this year, uh, we found the date is going to be Pittsburgh, uh, October 19th through the 22nd. Uh, Last year, I was not able to go. Uh, I was in uh, Washington uh, for a wedding. But this year, uh, it is a weekend after my birthday. So I'm going to do my best to get out there uh, and play some old school uh, and maybe even some legacy if I can. uh, um, If I can. If, I, if if i want to i'm not sure if i'm going to do that so but yeah so we've got um something pretty similar but we yeah, do that's use... that's a big tournament yeah so for and like i said last year there was about 80 or so people um i'm assuming i'm assuming and hoping that this year that you know we break 100 um we were uh, from from my understanding of last year's they were uh, kind of spilling out of where they were they held the tournament which was at a uh, brewery um so i don't know if, if things are going to be changing but i'm sure when it gets closer to the event, we'll have more information because uh, Jayco usually runs it or gets pretty much everything set up for that. So once we find out more information, um, we'll be able to uh, make sure we, we let everyone know um, and, and what, what, what day it is and what, when it's going to be happening. So.
0: But it's usually run by Jayco from Eternal Central.
1: Yeah, so we use this Eternal Central rules and everything like that. So, um, which I think is a big thing. So, cause I think last year too, there was someone playing a fully unsleeved deck. Just oh, pl- God, yeah, damn. just shuffling up and playing unsleeved last year, which was fun. But um, yeah, it was a. It, from what I understanding, it was a really good time. So I'm excited to hopefully make it this year. So,
0: cool. What would you say? Are there other like famous uh old school tournaments in the states like bigger
1: so ones there's no, annually there's nothing yeah there's no not nothing that really comes to my mind we've there's so many little pockets like we've got our chicago group here lords of the pit um and then the, then there's a bay area group um the flying men i think that's what they call themselves uh and then there's some people out in richmond uh virginia that get together and play so that in regards to like big annual tournaments there's really not much you know uh, put together um, but we have tournaments at least like every other month here in chicago uh, oh, that we cool. usually get 16 to 20 people that come and play um from we get people from wisconsin and iowa that drive down um, but we're trying to figure something out maybe holding uh, try to get something together in michigan because there's a group of detroit people that al- that also play uh, librarians of lang so they yeah. um they, they, they've got a pretty big group up there too so I think we're gonna hopefully within the next couple months try to see if we can get something figured out where we can meet halfway um, and maybe get Everything. something together but just planning and making sure that we can get the most people there um, so
0: yeah that would be cool having also starting like an, a real annual event uh, that's not uh, in the same like eternal weekend is a big event for the whole eternal crowd Mm -hmm. unlike only having one big old school event maybe it's up to you grant to start that
1: well i mean we'll we'll figure something out it's one of those things where most people will travel because they're going to play vintage and then they're also going to play legacy and then they're like hey i'm playing old school too so we'll just start you know i think that's a big thing is a lot of the old school players are also going to going to eternal weekend for the other formats as well but i think um you know Within the next year, there might be a cause to try to set something up. Um, It's a a lot of planning, obviously, to get something set up, making sure that um, we've got an event space, the amount of people. And the big thing is, for our tournaments here in Chicago, every time we hold one, uh, it's a charity event. So we're either buying toys for local community center. Um, I think the the, the next tournament, uh, which will be June 17th, uh, that we're going to I think we're going to be buying um, we're going to be donating clothes to a uh, a uh, a company that helps uh, provide clothes for um, rape victims because all their clothes are normally taken as like um, as um, I'm having a lack of words like they they, the clothes are taken for like evidence um so they they don't have clothes so we're going to be i think donating um clothes for that group um so you so like if we did something bigger or annually i think it'd be really cool to get something together that you know even if we get like 50 people if if we're able to donate stuff for the entry um that would be really cool yeah that would would be amazing I'm crossing my fingers
0: and hoping you can arrange something like that. I would absolutely fly over to the States for a tournament like that.
1: Well, hey, well, we'll maybe I'll start just look at the ball rolling and we'll start talking about something with uh, the group of people here and we'll see what we can get going on.
0: Sounds good. But how about um, going for our next interview? What do you say? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that works for me. So um, I... This is Christopher, and he said his last name, and I don't remember how he pronounced it, so... Um... Yeah,
0: I think it's like Arlefur. But...
2: Yeah,
1: okay, yeah, I can't do the U <laughs> like you can. So yeah, Christopher, I would say it Ar-le- Arlefur, but that's my stupid American accent uh, doing its work, that. so... Will you say Christopher? Yeah, yeah Christopher. Uh, Christopher's up next, and let's see what he has to say.
0: Christopher, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing just fine, Gordon. Perfect. Uh so you are the winner of NoobCon 9, the world championship of old school 93-94 Magic 2017. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And um Let's start with the basic questions. Should we, Grant?
1: Yeah, let's do this. Um, So, Christopher, when uh, did you start playing Magic in general? Not just old school, but everything. Uh,
4: Yeah. Uh, I began uh, with uh, Magic uh, around uh, 4th edition, uh, something uh, like that. Uh, I I was about uh, 15 uh, at the time. Uh, So uh, back then, there was a... uh, Lot of uh, yeah, uh, just uh, casual uh, magic uh, in our uh, neighborhood. Um, but uh, after that, uh, I quit uh, playing and uh, didn't actually uh, take it up again uh, until uh, I think it was uh, around uh, time spiral. I think it was, I uh, can't remember,
2: uh, I have no how idea long that is, it, but uh, it's uh, about
4: eight eight years ago uh, something like that I guess okay uh, yeah and I've played uh, yeah on and off uh, since then
0: it's like cool. they say uh, we said in the last episode you never quit magic you just take a yeah, break yeah you, t-
1: you just take a break mm-hmm.
4: yeah
1: um, when did you uh, start playing old school
4: um let's see I started to play old school um It could be in uh, about four years ago, uh, something like that. Uh, I I actually more or less uh, started uh, when I uh, attended to my first uh, NoobCon. Uh, I tried to... Yeah, uh, just uh, try to get uh, uh, a deck uh, together. So it was not uh, a very optimal uh, deck uh, at the time. It Mm -hmm. was, uh, I think it was... um, like a black, uh, red, blue uh, deck with some uh, yeah, but not expect, uh, specters, lightning bolts, uh, some counter magic stuff like that.
0: A little bit of everything.
4: Yeah, a little bit of everything. It wasn't the... uh, very good at anything either, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do very well my, at my first uh, Noobcon.
0: <laughs> yeah, but still, you started playing old school at Noobcon. That's a yeah, yeah. that's a good thing to do.
4: But uh, yeah. where are you from? Uh, from the beginning, I'm uh, from uh, uh, a city in far south uh, of Sweden, Uh, uh mm-hmm. But uh, now, uh, since uh, ten years, uh, I live in Växjö. Uh, That's a bit uh, north, uh, okay. but uh, it's not very far north in Sweden. It's still in the south. So yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Do you have a large old-school community there?
4: Uh, We had uh, a better community uh, a few years ago. Uh, But uh, since then, uh, some people have moved and uh, others have uh, stopped playing and stuff like that. So nowadays, there is not so many of us uh, left that is uh, playing uh, actively.
0: So you're not playing uh, old-school that that often then?
4: No, unfortunately not. Uh, but it uh, has uh, some other reasons uh, as well. Uh, I recently became a father. Uh, oh, so
0: congratulations!
4: Uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, so it uh, uh, has been uh, tougher to uh, find the time nowadays.
0: And still manage to go to NoobCon and win it all. Oh, that yeah. says something. <laughs> <laughs> but shall we talk a little bit about NoobCon then? What do you say, Grant? Sure. Uh, Grant, you haven't been to Noobcon as we talked about, um, but so let, let, let's get Christopher to tell us a little bit about his first Noobcon experiences, because uh, you've been there now for a couple of
4: times, then. Uh, yes, uh, I've been there. This was my, I th- uh, fourth uh, Noobcon. Uh, I think it was. Uh yeah. How do you what, what what's the
0: like the best thing about Con, according yeah, to you? Yeah, uh,
4: it this will probably sound like a cliche uh, <laughs> right <laughs> now but uh, it's uh, def- definitely the the atmosphere uh and the people um and just the just the feeling of uh, playing uh, the old cards again. Uh and uh, it's not uh, too serious. Uh I played uh, mostly uh, the Eternal uh, formats, uh,
2: yeah.
4: I've tried some uh, Modern and uh, stuff like that as well, but uh, I never really didn't find it, uh, it wasn't my thing, uh, because uh, it's uh, too uh, competitive, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, the competitive, best, uh, thing about Mad... Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, competitive uh, is the- probably not a word you use uh, <laughs> describing NoobCon.
4: No, definitely not. <laughs> um, it is, uh, in some way, I think it uh, sometimes uh, takes the fun uh, out of magic uh, when it becomes too uh, competitive. Uh, most of the time, the best magic is always uh, the magic that you have at the, the kitchen table, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like when so, you started yeah. with 4th edition. those Those good old times.
4: Those good old times, yeah.
1: Um... So the deck you played, uh, did you think, was that the deck you were set on to play when, you know, for months or did that, was that like a last minute, like, I'm just going to play this? Or How did you make the decision uh, to play?
4: Uh, the deck I played, I've been preparing uh, for about a year, uh, something like that. Uh, I didn't, uh, I recently acquired the some Gyms on the some of the other cards um, but I've been uh, preparing it for uh, a while so I, I, I knew I would play that uh, the next new new gun.
0: okay so so let's for the listeners yeah. who have no idea what deck you actually played could you describe the deck
4: uh, the deck I'm playing is uh, uh some I would say it's a mono black deck, but uh, I've added some uh, uh, blue uh, to it, just uh, yes, for the the, uh, the, blue, uh, the power cards uh, like uh, ancestral, time walk, and uh, time twister, uh, and also uh, in the side uh, sideboard, uh, I have some uh, blue cards as well uh, to be able to manage uh, the deck a bit better.
0: So, what cards are the um, sideboard cards from blue?
4: Uh, uh, it's uh, energy flux. Uh, oh. I think I think it was uh, three of them something.
0: Yeah, I'm actually mm-hmm. having the decklist here in front of me You are correct. Yeah. You played three energy flux in cyborg and those were mainly for the deck
4: Yeah, just for the deck and uh, occasionally uh, some other artifact heavy decks uh, but uh, yeah, mostly the, for the deck uh, but, um... You need to be able to handle that one nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you won't go far.
0: <laughs> no, there are there are a couple of artifacts being played. And there are a couple of players playing the deck. Yeah. Just, just um, the but some other uh, interesting and, uh, card choices. Uh, yeah. You're, you're only playing three Jusum Yes, I do. Uh,
1: but Nightmare.
4: At
1: uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. Nightmare, yeah. <laughs> the reason for
4: nightmare? that the reason for that is uh, I wanted to uh, get some uh, the nostalgic uh, feeling uh, for me uh, in the deck. Uh, because uh, when I first started uh, Magic, uh, around 4th edition, I played uh, a very similar uh, deck, uh, actually. Oh, I had cool. uh, Rituals and uh, Hypnotic Spectres, and there were some uh, Nightmares and Paros and stuff like that. So uh, hmm. I wanted to have a yeah a more nostalgic nostalgic feeling uh, for myself uh, that's why I why I added a nightmare instead of the fourth uh, juice Gym.
0: so the, we need to ask
4: you how good was the nightmare um how good was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> most of the time uh, when it hit the board it uh, it it uh, just uh, the opponent would just uh, Swords to plowshare it. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say it was actually pretty good uh, because my opponent always uh, feared it. So uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> so
0: you think uh, if it, it have, if it had been a juice and gin instead, the opponent wouldn't have sourced it. <laughs>
4: Uh, he probably would have uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love uh, this. Uh, the reasoning I, is amazing. I, I can uh, recall uh, one game uh, when I played a mirror versus uh, another uh, the, the mono yeah. black uh, deck that uh, played uh, for beams. It was a pretty standard uh, mono black deck, and uh, there it uh, actually shined.
0: Uh, okay, oh, then it's it's bigger than the opponent's Juson.
4: It's bigger than opponent's Juson's and it flies over Misha's factories. Yeah, so that's... yeah, but yeah, uh, that's a cool on the other hand,
2: uh,
4: yeah, on the other hand, uh, Sanger Vampire uh, does that as well. But it's uh, not bigger than Juson. So yeah. Okay. And uh, just. I, d- to... I don't think. Uh, yeah,
0: I continue. don't think
4: I would uh, uh, change the deck. Uh, for next noob, uh I will still, uh, still probably play uh, Nightmare. I think it was uh, was a nice shows.
0: Uh, cool. And just for the listeners here, except uh, this um, Christopher was playing four Hypnotic Spectres, three Black Knights, two Singer Vampire, uh, four Underworld Dreams, four Dark Rituals, four Sinkholes, one Greed, one Terror, Two drain life, and then of course demonic tutor and mind twist, the blue power package, also the blue mocks there, of course with the black and lotus and soldering the classic cards, and then one singleton navinrals disk main deck as well, uh, and lands. Uh, so I, I have a question about a couple of more of the card choices here. And that is, to main deck a Terror and a Disc. What's your reasoning behind those choices?
4: Um, the Disc, uh, I think it's uh, always uh, nice to have a, a tutor uh, target uh, that uh, can handle uh, any situation, like a panic button. Uh, yeah. So to speak. Uh, and the Terror uh, was just uh, yeah, there for the same reason as well. Uh, uh, most of the time I think uh, terror is uh, it's not a very good uh, main deck choice uh, for black anymore uh, since most of the heavy uh, threats uh, for the deck uh, either have uh, protection from black or is uh, an artifact uh, or yeah. uh, another or black, black creature, of course, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there are not, um, a lot of times it's, uh, it's a very dead uh, card uh, when I play. So, I just want one.
0: Uh, yeah, but you still for the want the Same reason as the
4: disc- tutor, yeah.
0: Yeah, because one means two, because of the demonic tutor.
4: One means two, yeah, exactly.
0: And uh, also, two green lives. Uh, how was done? How, uh, how good were they the tournament
1: uh, through. uh
4: it was uh, probably the best card in the deck since uh, i won the final with a drain life <laughs> <laughs> that was my last play
0: <laughs> one drain life to take home to take home noobcon
4: yeah uh but uh yeah i i was uh, happy with them uh, the whole tournament uh it's a very mana-intensive uh, uh, card. Uh,
2: um,
4: but uh, a lot of games, it makes all the difference uh, just to be able to take uh, three uh, damage and gain uh, three life. Uh, in, uh, in old school, uh, I think, uh, especially the, the creature heavy decks, they are always uh, very tight games. So it makes all the difference just to be able to gain some additional life, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I've had some really tight games where just a drain life for measly 3 is enough to just change the balance completely. Because it is a 6-point life swing. And it messes up every combat math you've done in a race situation. Say, so I actually think it's a little bit of an underplayed card, especially in a deck that plays three Dark Rituals, because the Dark Rituals just lose value uh, after the first couple of turns, but with Life, yes. they still have a value in the late game.
4: Yeah. And uh, that that's pretty uh, important, uh, I think, uh, what you mentioned, uh, with uh, the Dark Rituals, uh, to be able to have... Uh, some use for them in the in the late game as well
0: yeah not so so they're not just four dead cards in
1: the deck yep and i have a question about your board with having obulay in the board how often did you with disenchant being rampant um i've always wanted to play obulay but it's just not with disenchant being so good um did you like wh- what, what? What was what, what? What what would you be boarding in the obule for? Uh,
4: it's uh, mostly for the mirror, uh, actually. Uh, oh, okay. To be able to yeah, to be able to handle uh, other use engines and uh, and yeah. yeah. Because, oh. because doesn't it's doesn't
0: like work. you say,
4: uh, it, yeah, it's like it's like you say uh, when the opponent plays uh, disenchant, uh, it's not a very good card. Uh,
2: anyway.
4: So. Uh, so I, r- I rarely side them in against the uh, white decks.
1: Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
4: If I uh, uh, need more removals uh, when I'm uh, facing, uh, for instance, uh, white weenie or something, uh, I uh, have a pestilence in the side uh, instead. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so that's for removal.
0: the weenie decks.
4: Yeah, the weenie decks. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, my sideboard contained uh, Hellfire as well. No,
0: but it does contain a jovial evil, which is a strange card. (laughs) 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 Uh,
4: It's uh, an evil card against the white wing. (laughs) um, Uh, But uh, I never got the opportunity to play it, so uh, I'm not sure how good it is
0: me neither i i've always wanted to play it but never found room for it grant do you know what uh, jovial evil does uh,
1: i've seen the art before but i it doesn't it's not on the tip of my tongue so i'm <laughs> not sure
0: no usually because like no one except christopher plays it uh, <laughs> it's a black sorcery for two colorless and a black and the effect is Jovial Evil deals X damage to target opponent, where X is twice the number of white creatures that player controls. So it's a burn spell against white weenie. And that's about it.
1: Well, hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now.
0: But if,
4: if that's a ba-
0: <laughs> oh, is, is that a bad I- matchup...
4: I think that's... Uh, sometimes uh, it's a tight matchup, uh, like uh, many uh, uh, creature-heavy decks uh, are. Uh, so I think yeah, uh, it's a it's a difficult matchup.
0: Okay, I have one more question about the deck. Then um, let's see if Grant has <coughs> any more. Uh, but and that's the two icy manipulators in the sideboard. What are they there for?
4: Yeah, uh, good question. <laughs> uh, I did put them there if uh, uh, I would find myself in a situation where I would play the more uh, defensive role in a game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I never uh, sided them in, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess one of them uh, will have to go uh, when I add uh, the shark uh, to the side.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. and probably so,
4: the other one as well
0: yeah <laughs> so when the shark goes into the sideboard the ic manipulator is the first one to go
4: yeah it is and, and if you
0: would change the second ic if you would remove that from the sideboard what do you think you will add to the sideboard
4: hmm i'm not sure um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, Hellfire? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably Hellfire. Um, I'm not sure uh, how good uh, that card is uh, either. It's a very bad uh, mouse removal spell, but uh, you don't have uh, that many others to uh, choose from. So yeah, hey. I would probably try, try uh, Hellfire instead of the second,
0: uh, I see. But it is a beautiful card, and it is... Uh very flavorful card and once again yeah it is. for those listeners it's very black <laughs> it's very black and for those listeners who don't yeah. know what hellfire does it is um sorcery for two colors and three black mana it's very black which with the text destroy all non-black creatures hellfire deals x plus three damage to you where x is the number of creatures that died this way so you kill everything that's not black and take a lightning bolt to your face plus the number of creatures that died. So it's a one-sided sweeper often. And it actually also takes artifacts, which is quite cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the card. It's a uh, yeah, the the feeling of the card is uh, very black and yeah. And it's a wonderful uh, artwork, and uh, yeah, it, it could be a very good card in some situations.
2: Yeah. In some especially situations. against...
4: Yeah. Especially against uh, like I said the earlier, white win sometimes. Uh, it could be a difficult matchup if they land uh, more white knights. Uh, then you have uh, black knights, and uh, they have some uh, crusade uh, out. So mm-hmm. they have a uh, Past the clock. So, you need some way to be able to to handle that.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, now we know everything there is to know about your deck. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your tournament today?
2: Yeah.
4: How, uh, a very open-ended, a very
0: open-ended question. I know, but, <laughs> but, like any any special moments you uh, remember? How did it go in the Swiss?
4: And... Yeah, I had a lot of special moments uh, that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof, uh, where to begin?
0: Uh, we can begin with how did you, you go know, in it, the Swiss?
4: in the swiss uh, it well started out uh, very well uh, i think i was uh, four uh, zero zero uh, when it started to go uh, a bit uh, downhill um so um i mostly faced the uh, the deck uh, the whole uh, whole tournament uh, i met oh. uh, like uh, I think I met two black decks, one white weenie, and uh, then the rest was uh, the deck. Oh uh, no, one uh, you. Uh, you uh, I think it was a blue, uh, blue white. Uh, yeah. No blue white uh, skies deck
0: oh. uh, as well. Almost the deck, but still not the deck.
4: Yeah, almost, but uh, with s- some more creatures. Uh, but uh, the idea is uh, the same. Uh, and uh, not that many tones uh, either, uh, I think. Um, but uh, I had a lot of uh, fun moments, uh, the whole tournament. Uh, no no, uh, no uh, game where, uh, like, uh, I guess the, 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 deck, the deck was uh, nice to me. So uh, I didn't have any, like, uh, mana fizzles, or my, my opponents uh, didn't either, so. Oh,
2: because, nice! Uh, all,
4: so you, yeah, you got to yeah, play the, games, whole the whole tournament. Yeah, good games the whole tournament, and uh, some really nice bears in <laughs> in between. And uh, yeah,
0: that's an important part. The bears in between.
4: <laughs> it is actually. Uh, I think it uh, that 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 uh, is what uh, makes uh, Nukom so great uh, as well. I think is that. Uh, The people are not so tense. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the beer or if it's because of the (laughs) the nice format, but uh, yeah, probably a combination of both.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I got uh, Magnus uh, when he wrote about this on the blog. He says, that's the reason why I never go to the finals. That's because of the beer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you, you
4: can't uh, have uh, too many of them. You have to keep it on a a good level.
2: No Yeah, that's where the, I don't
1: that's where I don't the... do it. Well, I just keep drinking and drinking and then all of a sudden I'm <laughs>
2: 0
1: and four and I'm like, Well, we'll keep it going.
0: At least you have a good yeah. beer or two or five or
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And a good
4: time. Exactly. That's the most important most important part.
0: It really is. So, uh, but you ended up in the Swiss, uh, six and one or five and two or
4: five and two. So I was, the I think I was the only one that, uh, got in on tiebreakers. So I was, uh, oh. I was uh, lucky. You were the
0: lucky number eight.
4: Yeah, I was. And after
0: nice. you were the lucky number eight, you just ran through the top eight. What did you meet uh, in yep. the top eight then?
4: Uh, I met uh, the deck, the deck, and the the deck. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, shit. (laughs) uh, But uh, they were all uh, very fun uh, and tight games.
0: Uh, uh, Weren't there only like three the decks in the top eight?
4: And I met all of them. And you met all of them? Yeah. Uh, First it was. uh, Yeah, Lumber Girls. It was Martin, Martin, uh, I think it was.
0: A fluffy Martin Lindström.
4: Fluffy, yeah, yeah, uh, and they played the deck. And after that, yeah. it was uh, Sinclair,
2: I think. Yeah, Mrs. Sinc- Yeah, uh, Mrs. I, I Sinclair. I don't know
4: his name. Yeah, and after and then there was a uh, yeah. Early. There
0: was Swantelanggraf as the last one. Then no, there wasn't. No, you played uh, in the final. There wasn't Langraff, There was another the deck player. You played. Icelander. Yeah,
2: uh, Icelander in the in
0: final. The final. Uh, yeah, so there were 4 yeah. the de-decks, actually, in the top eight. <laughs> uh, that's how it, <laughs> how it is these days. But I have a completely different experience from you uh, because I met like two de-decks in the whole tournament. And, okay. <laughs> and looked around and I saw... Okay. That's
4: nice.
0: <laughs> Here at the table is I... Uh, here's a guy playing nightmare okay yeah looks like it's not <laughs> only the deck and the top tables yeah. uh, and i did not play the deck uh,
4: what did you play gordon
0: i play the blue red uh, counter burn
4: oh yeah the the flying men deck <laughs> exactly
0: the flying men the most yeah. important card in the deck
4: yeah, yeah i like that card
0: <laughs> it is one of my top cards in the whole format <laughs> Scrib sprites is better, and I like them more. You can also get Scrib sprites yeah. with big rounded corners from Alpha, and that's also a big plus. But yeah. otherwise, Flying map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, but uh, even though there's a lot of uh, the deck uh, the top yeah. eight, uh, when, when, uh, uh, as long as you come uh, prepared uh, for that... Uh, I actually don't mind uh, playing the deck uh, that much. It's not a. You have to. You you get to play uh, a lot of magic uh, when you're playing against the deck, so <laughs> that's nice.
0: <laughs> I love how you see this on all the positive sides. You can.
4: <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's part of the format. It's nothing more than that.
4: Yeah. So but just accept it and uh, do, do do the best. Uh, Over uh, how the situation is, yeah. and uh, hopefully uh, now on uh, the deck uh, didn't win uh, uh, newcomer. Uh, hopefully there is uh, hope for more uh, creature, more creature-heavy uh, decks uh, that is.
0: Uh, yeah, players actually play. like okay. I don't need to play that. Yeah, I will see the next tournament, but. Yeah, there were a couple of decks, but most, I must also say, the deck players in the top eight are all famous for playing the deck and are famously some of the best old school players in Sweden. So that's also one thing to think about. Yeah. Um But do you have anything more to add about your NoobCon experience? Otherwise, I think Grant have five last questions for you.
2: Yeah, shoot.
4: Uh, I don't think I uh, can think of anything else I can add uh, right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then,
1: we're, so this is going to be five just quick answer questions. So don't even think about them. Just answer them. Okay. <clears throat> One, what is your favorite color to play?
4: That uh, would be uh, black.
1: <laughs> your fa- your favorite creature to cast? Uh,
4: that would be uh, nightmare. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm laughing. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh. Uh, I like uh, the effect of uh, hypnotic specter a lot better. Uh, nightmare is just there for the nostalgic uh, reasons.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, your favorite enchant world.
4: My favorite uh, enchant world uh, would probably be uh, what is called. Uh... My guess is you're
0: going to say a black one.
4: Yeah, it's a black one. Uh, the one uh, with the ugly beast uh, that uh, messes with the draw and discard. What is called? It's a uh, chainsaw. Chains Chains Mipos- Mipos- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the one.
2: <laughs> what is your
1: favorite <laughs> animal?
4: My favorite animal? Uh, you mean an, a magic? A magic? Qu-
1: yeah, not a magic question.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite animal uh, would be uh, mm, <laughs> tough one. Uh, <laughs> the I magic question. Is say, uh, n- 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 yeah, yeah. I would have to say nightmare. Then uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the only animal I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think, then... Grant, you, you, you went a little too quick So it's quick a horse. There.
0: So a horse is your favorite animal. But, Grant, you went a little quick, quick there, because I want to add something there on the question number three, Enchanted sure. World. Because chains of Mephistopheles, even though it's one of those black, super bad enchantments that people just hate to play against, it's not actually an enchant world. It's just an it's enchantment. Not.
4: Okay, my bad.
0: <laughs> but you you can say that anyway. I think because it's uh, a yeah. it it could be an enchant world. Let's let's say yeah. it like that.
4: Yeah. Otherwise, it would be Uh, uh
0: Of course, it would. I
4: guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't that many enchant worlds, uh, is there? Yeah, at least uh,
0: fifteen to twenty, something like that.
4: Oh. That
0: man, okay. Yeah, you have Concordant Crossroads, uh, Arborea, Field of Dreams, uh, Stormworld. To say those, that's not that famous. Yeah, and the Abyss, of course.
1: Uh, Evil one as well.
0: But, yeah, should we do the last question?
1: Sure. Um, And what is, other than this deck that you played at NoomCon, what is the next? Your next favorite deck you like to you like to sling?
4: Uh, my next uh, favorite uh, deck. Uh, um, I'm uh, constructing uh, a, a black red uh, variant uh, of the deck I have r- right now. Uh, so I would uh, say uh, that one.
0: Uh, cool. With lightning bolts and things like that, then.
4: Yeah, it's got the uh, Lightning Balls, Sedge uh, Troll, uh, Wheel of Fortune, uh, yeah.
0: You're not going into the uh, Troll Disco, then, and also playing the vinyls Discs and things like that. You're going for a more black and red aggro.
4: Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, that That's uh, the way I like uh, to play uh, old school uh not to complicate it, uh, too much. Okay, cool. Uh, then okay. I think um, uh,
0: we have all the answers. That was five questions, wasn't it? Yes, that mm-hmm. was. Uh, so once again, Christopher, a big congratulations uh, winning a shark, winning the World Championship of Old School Magic. Yeah,
2: thank you very much.
0: And um, hope to see you at uh, NoobCon next year or some other tournament there in between. Thank you very, very much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thank you, and for uh, so, uh, a, a good, uh, or a great uh, podcast uh, so far. Yeah, thank I, you. Uh, I li- listened to your pilot uh, the other day, and uh, I I liked it.
0: Thanks. That means Thank much. you. That means much. Um.
2: See you. Bye. Yeah. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks,
1: Chris, for the awesome interview. And I want to bring up that playing nightmare for completely nostalgic reasons is amazing because, A, it may have not done anything and just been sorged all day, but, he still was able to get there and win the tournament, but also still play a card that he loves. Um, And I think that kind of goes for old schools where you can play really awesome nostalgia cards that bring it back, even if they're not good. Um, Is there any part? Yeah, it's awesome. So like for for you, Gordon, are there any cards that might not be very good, but you still love to play them?
0: Uh, It it is a hard question. Um, When I first started playing like first, 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 before I, even realized how to build decks. Um, I was a green green mage. Quite fast I went over to the blue-red decks of different, but that was like when wish and Mirage So, but first I, I would say it's not an old-school card, and that uh, annoys me a little bit, but I need <laughs> to say it anyway. Uh, it's Scaled Worm from Ice Age. Because it was just... So beautiful. When I first opened it up, it was like so many colors and blue and green. And and it was a 7-6 creature. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I, f- I feel a little ashamed that it's not old school legal, but that card was just so amazing. So it's one of my mm-hmm. most nostalgic cards. But if we talk about legal cards, it's probably probably something boring like lightning bolt and i don't want to say that either Goddamn, you're <laughs> you're putting me on the spot here grant
1: <laughs> um well i think lightning bolt is a fair choice like it doesn't have to be bad either that's the thing and i and i wouldn't even call nightmare bad it's just it's a bigger target and it's you know it can be a good card late game and just start flying over and you know you do some work with it um yeah but i don't think it has to be uh, a bad yeah, card. I mean, even I mean, I guess that was a bad card. That because like even like playing like Wall of Swords, like that's that's oh. a bad card. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's classic though, you know. Um, okay, even, I have like, one. Light... Then.
0: I have one. I always try to jam Wild Growth into my green mm-hmm. decks because of old times, and there's so much better ramp. Because it's so easy to get two for one with any land destruction. Mm-hmm. But I just love Wild Growth. The image, the flavor. Like, enchanting a land was just... Only that thing was cool in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So that that's probably a nostalgia card which I play more than I should. And you yeah. then,
1: that even Yeah, that even go My one green... My, my one-cost green card that's not very good is Fog. It's a classic for me. Even when I first started playing again in ML 11 I was playing Fog in a deck, and people were like, "Why? what are you doing? And I'm like, I love this card. It's great. And then I built a mono green deck with Fog in it, and then I was like, well, this is not very good. But I'm playing it regardless. So, And Alpha Fogs are like $2, so I'll take it. If I can get the Pimp card and it's cheap, I am down for it. Yeah, like, yeah, fog uh, probably. Fog would probably be it. Um, a recent or even like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's it's uh, the the art is classic for for the old original fog, and it's kind of a gotcha too. Like sometimes it's so bad people don't expect you to play it until they swing out and then you fog, and then they're like the look on their face is like, oh, you're actually playing that card. And I'm like, yep, I'm actually <laughs> playing it.
0: So. I could say a black as well, which I would love to play, but it's just also too easy to get two for what. Howl from Beyond.
1: Oh, yeah. Or even Darkness. I was thinking about playing Darkness because it's the, oh. the fog of black, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know. That's even too fring- that's even more fringy than regular fog. People so. won't
0: expect it, at least. Oh, well,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, no, but playing the nostalgia cards, a big reason why this format is so beautiful. And uh, Christopher just showed us all to win a tournament, even like the biggest, the world championship. You don't need to play a deck that's completely optimized. You can play cards because you like the cards. And that's the only reason. And that's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. But let's go, um, we have uh, one last interview for this uh, episode. And uh, that's with Gregory Hrotic who is uh, who was a first time uh, visitor um, first time coming to NoobCon it was his first old-school tournament ever and it has quite the story to tell and um, uh, let's uh, let's hear what he has to say <music>
1: Greg, how you doing today? I'm fine, and you, Grant? I'm doing well. Um, so, I've been told this was your first ever, uh, just old school tournament in general. Um, so, tell me a little about uh, you getting there, since you are not you. You know, you traveled a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, where how did uh, how did you get there, and where 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 you where were you coming from?
5: I'm from Switzerland. Me, and my brother, live in Zurich. We study here. And we actually traveled all the way up to Gothenburg uh, with the car. It was a real
1: fun oh, so, you, so So you drove, no, not, not the train like most people? No, no, no. We drove up there. Awesome. Yeah, um, we, did you so- guys stop at along the way or leave early, early? or? And we stopped in
5: Hamburg um, slept there because it's like from Zurich, 17 hours to get to Gothenburg. And that was a little long considering doing it. Oh, yeah. the- in one time. So we stopped in Hamburg, slept there and then the next day we drove up to Gothenburg. I love
0: awesome. how you pronounce Go- Gothenburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Swedish it's jätteborg and in English it's Gothenburg. A little different. I like
1: it. I'm going um. to start
0: start saying like that. <laughs>
1: Well, awesome. No, I usually road trips are the, the the way to go. I'm going to be going to um, Europe in the in July, but we're going to be taking a train everywhere just because it's a little easier than renting a car. Yeah, I, I do understand. Um, so, tell me how you got uh, invited to come to um, NubCon this year, as they were on an invite only because of the amount of people that wanted to come.
5: Um, I did get the chance to go to NoobCon because I participated in an online, so with the Skype group that is going on, Mm -hmm. and a tournament which the winner, or better, the highest placed person that could go to NoobCon would go to NoobCon with an invite, and I ranked number three in that tournament, I think, and the other people couldn't go, so I was the one to go.
1: Oh, awesome. So you kind of were able to go by default, which is still still nice, though, regardless yeah, exactly, of not winning. Exactly. Did you what, know what, what, that what?
0: you wanted to go before uh, winning the spot? Or was it like, oh, you have a chance to go, and you're just like, hmm, yeah, let's do this. Um,
5: I started old school with the Swedish old school blocks so I've read about NoobCon years before. I never imagined I would participate in that tournament, so... <laughs> Yeah, I kind of would have liked to go there.
1: And now you have been there. (laughs) Yes, it was amazing. So what did you play in the Skype tournament to get qualified to go? Um, You mean
5: what deck I played?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, I play uh, the Power Monolith
0: combo. Ah. And you play the same deck uh, at NoobCon later as well. Exactly, exactly.
5: I just kind of feel like I really like this deck I like the way
1: it plays
0: But
5: uh, Is that the only
1: deck that you're able to that you play with normally or do you switch it up now and then?
5: I've been like joining the old school community um, a little under a year um, so this is the only deck I own at this point I do plan on building other decks Mm-hmm. But I did not find anything else that fits me as well as the Power Monolith combo so
1: far. It's a fun deck to play. It's super. It's grindy, but it can. You know, it's. Uh, I I've not I've not played it, but I've played against it, and I've always liked it.
5: With Power Monolith, it's all about you, how you play it, and the decisions you make. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that aspect.
1: Yeah, I know. there's also a couple different builds as well, which is exactly. which is fun. Exactly.
0: Yeah, because my build is completely different from um, your build. you're running white, aren't you? Uh, I'm. I'm built. I've built uh, the deck with white, uh, playing like the the classic control deck package with counter spells, source splashers, and disenchants to just keep alive. But you've instead uh, gone the route with playing a bunch of more counter spells. Like if uh, a creature buttons. hits the table, it's not so good. But your your plan is to stop everything.
5: My my plan is to counter for basically anything that will hurt me up uh, after turn two. That's huh. like the ideal game for me. And, and you, it, do you just play blue, or do you play you know I just no, no, it's, black it, or it, white or or color deck? I actually okay. run and demonic tutor and mind twist because these are just too good of cards not to run yeah in the control deck the same with wheel of fortune and the same goes for the power cards and brain gazer and recall i mm-hmm. i'm i'm also having in my deck like for the fourth color it's just splash though it's regrowth to oh just yeah Maybe if I use the fireball early in the game, I can get it back. I can get ancestral recall back. It's just too good of a utility card not to include it. And I actually only run uh, three fireballs and one stream of life, which is kind of odd to most, mostly all players.
1: Do you uh, you run a rocket launcher too?
5: No, I do not. I also uh, do not play that transmute artifact. Oh, really? Well, yeah, I think
0: that's the right choice. The transmute artifact. Uh, it just brushes.
5: makes it work. It's just like distracting, distracting from the main thing the deck is trying to do. I think, which is getting the combo out as fast as possible, or just control mm-hmm. the game so hard that you have time to draw
0: the combo.
1: Oh, okay, I'm into okay. it. But
0: uh, let's go back to the to noob content. You you had your deck. You played online. You played quite a bit online on Skype with the deck, uh, yeah. sorting out all your card choices. Then you um, uh, sat down in your car after winning the invite with your brother, road tripped up to Gothenburg and got exactly. to NoobCon. So what was your <laughs> first experience then? Like We arrived in Gothenburg
5: at around like maybe 7 p.m., and went to the hotel, dropped up our stuff, and uh, directly went to the pub, other location <laughs> where Newcom was was yeah, taking and, place. And
0: this is the day before
5: yeah. Nukecon. It's the day before yeah. Newcom. the evening before Newcom, exactly. And um, we waited a little outside, then Magnus opened the door for us. Like, warm welcome, seeing Magnus for the first time. He's a really nice person, by the way. And then we got in, and it was just like, "This is how it's supposed to be." The spirit was there. All the people are playing old school already. It was just like it felt
0: right to be there. Like I'm coming home. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were you were quite uh, quite the gang playing uh, the day before. Quite a lot of guests from different countries then
5: exactly a lot of people who had a long way getting to Gothenburg so like they all just gathered the day before there and just grinded it out a lot of people like I think there was a cute draft going on people played casual decks it was like really really fun we played I think until like one o'clock in the morning drank a lot of beer Good oh. times, good times.
0: And then uh, some sleep and back to the a venue.
5: Little sleep. After some more beers in the city, a little of sleep and then waking up and getting ready for NoobCon. So, how was your tournament day then? Well, my tournament day was actually pretty amazing, in my opinion. Now, tell us a little bit. Uh, about it, Steiner.
0: how did it go in the Swiss?
5: Um, I had four wins, only one loss, and uh, two draws because the games went up to the time limit. Oh man! Yeah, the first time limit um, draw game was against uh, Iceland.er He yeah. played the deck; me playing the power monolith combo. This is like a really slow matchup if neither gets a win. Come fast. And this is what happened in the third game. But that, this was like, for me, this was a win. I've been doing this for a year and went draw against <laughs> top eight. That's oh. fine in my life. The other draw was against David Chambers. And I do think we reached a time limit because we just talked too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the first time played numerous times on Skype. And the first game, I think, took like basically half an hour because
0: we just talked. Because you've, uh, as you said, you played against each other uh, quite um, a few times on Skype, but never actually met each other until then. I did not meet any of you guys up until then, only via Skype. Because how is the old school community where you live? Is it only you?
5: Um, I did get the information that there are like one or two other people playing in Switzerland from car dealers at NoobCon, and I did contact them right away after I got back home. Nice. So it looks like it's maybe four or five
0: people playing old school here. Yeah, but then at least you can have a small meetup. At exactly. At the pub somewhere. This is...
5: What I, this is
0: what you're trying to do
5: it's like one guy who lives in Zurich as well this won't be a problem meeting him and one guy living in the French part of Switzerland
0: But that's really cool going to Stockholm Sweden or uh, Gothenburg Sweden sorry uh, (laughs) and playing old school and getting the information that you also could be playing with a couple of guys at home because the community is so tight so even in Gothenburg, people just, oh, you have yeah. those
5: guys there. Exactly. The other people who are also like having old school collections here in Switzerland, they just don't have anybody to play. This is the point. Like, we just don't know about each other yet. Mm-hmm. And nobody's playing because there are just so less people around. Even like Legacy and uh, Vintage in Switzerland, it's, it's none.
1: Oh, okay
0: but now you can uh, now you can start
5: building your community. Okay. Hopefully in a couple of years we'll have our tournament of our own with enough people, Swiss people to participate in.
1: It's but definitely the format's definitely been picking up. It's crazy to think that like in the United States it's grown so much, but even like when about you're like, well, yeah, it was just me, but now there's like four people in this and in a, in a you know, a country thousands of miles away that there's still exactly. more than one person playing, which is pretty cool.
5: Exactly. This is how, this is how I've been feeling about uh, <gasps> school. Everybody who wants to play, come and play with
1: us. Mm-hmm.
5: It, is, it is really, really amazing. Like, when the, when the matches are as fun to win as, as they are as, to lose, you're, doing, you're playing the right game.
1: Hey, yeah, that's exactly what I said last episode. Yeah, I said I can lose all night and still have a good time. And when I when that the first time that happened, I realized this is what I want to be doing.
5: It was exactly the same for me. We've been playing standard and modern here and I just didn't like any of that. Then I um started testing on online on cockatrice mm-hmm. and I've just realized after a couple of games like I need to buy these cards. I need to play this in real life. This is mm-hmm. too much fun.
1: <laughs> do you guys use the Swedish rules? Like only like unlimited um you know you have you have to use um I'm sorry. Yeah, we use the Swedish rules here. Ah, okay, cool.
5: I I do think in casual play it does not matter what you play as long as the original artwork is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: But in tournament play it's Swedish rules.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's even for us. Like, if we're just practicing or wanting to try out new things, we'll just make some proxies just so we can play yeah, with it first. And it if, if we do it. enjoy it, then we'll buy oh. some cards. But on, exactly. spending money on stuff you don't know if you're going so to enjoy it—you got to <laughs> test somehow. You got to test.
0: So you're not as stupid as me thinking of buying four uh, Verduran and Enchantress in the beta for like. 70, 80 euros a piece uh, just because I think I maybe want to build Enchantress and hope it's fun. You're not doing those things then? Um, I
5: would love to say I'm not doing those, if, uh, those <laughs> but it's, it's even worse. I only buy alpha. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, that will do it. <laughs> it makes you stupid this game.
5: Oh yeah, everything that has that doesn't produce two colors or its power is alpha. The other, is this I can't afford that. Too late to do that.
1: Yeah, I just bought my first piece of power. So I was the fact that I went and actually bought it. I was like, oh, this is real. This I spent this much money. Fantastic.
2: It, it, isn't that insane? Brent.
5: Isn't it insane when you get the card and it's like, okay, now I really do own that piece of cardboard I've been dreaming about for so many months. Yeah, it's yeah, insane.
1: it's uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to actually play it because I had all the CE power and ended up just selling all of it because I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sell all this and just buy a real piece of power because I want it. So yeah, I did it. So.
5: That's the thing for me. If something like old school gives you like such a big amount of joy and just fun of doing it, why not?
1: Exactly.
0: And that's even more special like, for you, Grant, who could play the Collector's Edition, because the, the US rules allow mm-hmm. it. But you still want that real piece. And that's I love that way. People can start playing, but... Oh, exactly. Still, you're you're always going to want that little more pimp piece. Oh, it's always (laughs) at the back of your head, nagging. (laughs) Yeah, I need to go and get some blackboarded power. I think. Yeah,
5: some of these days, (sighs) I hopefully be able to do that too. Or maybe
0: not, because it's crazy.
5: But it's the. for alpha power, even if they're like heavily played, it's just crazy.
1: Oh, yeah, but, no, it's it's the jump from, from unlimited to beta isn't as bad, but then when you go from beta to alpha, it's like, oh,
5: yeah, exactly. From unlimited to beta, it's okay, you pay a little more, but it's black bordered. We all understand that, but from mm-hmm. unlimited or even from beta to alpha, it's like, what? Um,
1: yeah, no, it's uh, it is something else for, for alpha card prices, but. I mean, well, that's cool that you that you 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 specifically go for Alpha because I think that's uh, having those the original the original of the original is is as pimp as you can get.
5: really exactly. I you have gotta love those round corners. You just gotta
1: love them. Um, yep. But so in regards to the. Uh, your your experience at Newcon though you you so you had a good time and it was well worth the trip up there to meet everybody in person and play
5: it's well worth the trip a thousand times i i've had like it was amazing the spirit all the people i've met all the talking and the playing it mm-hmm. it was really a great experience going up there and being even able to going up there
0: so would you recommend someone if they're able to If they have the chance to go, would you recommend them to go? You would be a fool not to. (laughs) Ah, I think Magnus will be glad to hear that. You will really be a fool not to. I'm for real on that. So if you get
5: the chance next year, you will come in a heartbeat. If I could, I would like draw a road trip up there again without hesitation.
0: Wonderful without
5: hesitation
0: do you have yeah. something more you want to add about your first new con experience either some cool place or someone you met or
5: just oh i've i couldn't list all the cool people i've met at noob <laughs> this would be like a separate podcast on its own yeah. um but great to hear just just the whole experience in general was amazing like, even my brother, who's not that big into old school as I am, he was like, this is amazing. He was just watching games. Because it was like, so interesting even just to be there and watch the games and talk with the people.
0: Yeah, you're like, everyone is on the same page. Everyone is having exactly. fun playing. It's it's a big tournament. It's a world championship.
2: Exactly. But still,
0: people yeah. are just... Doing but you whatever,
5: out with your buddies.
0: Yeah, it's like me and me and Magnus played. we like round, well, I f- round I four. Did
5: some of that game.
0: No, oh, yeah, and and he, I demonic tutored, and he just guesses. You got that card, didn't you? If you show me, you'll get an Easter egg. And <laughs> it's a tournament. We're playing for the world championship, and yeah, sure, here's my hand. And here's perfect information about my hand. But it's it's not a big deal, because it was just talking,
5: having fun. This is what I I say. Even if you just play White Weenie, and you know you're not going to make the top eight, probably, go. (laughs) You will have the time of your life there. Because you hear this, Grant. White Weenie is
1: not a good deck. (laughs) I know, and that's because... (laughs)
0: Really good, if deck.
1: You, you give four. You put four strip mines in that deck, and it'll beat the deck any day of the week.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, this oh, will definitely.
0: this will absolutely be a future episode because this is the we've only done two episodes, but it's the second episode we come into the white weenie discussion because <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's I, good. I, I love it.
0: My, my deck
5: uh, has a lot of problems with white weenie because it's just so many small like cheap creatures, and you just don't mm-hmm. counter.
0: Yeah, it's um it's the same with many of my more dirtly control decks. The white
5: weenies
2: that uh, exactly hard- that
5: often. And you take away the Mishra's Factories, white weenie gets amazing.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I mean, a- yeah, even add, even adding like the list that I play runs four Strip Mine and four Factory as well and it just beats and beats and beats, so it's uh it's good, exactly. but obviously it's different it's a different meta, so I would assume that—that's for sure. Don't you also play with uh, Fallen Empires? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we play with the Javalier, Javelier, which is a it's great nice card as well. Culture. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit different, but um, even then, we should maybe set up a game of Swedish rules versus American rules and see <laughs> see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Oh, that will uh, really we'll, we'll leave the white Weenie discussion to the white Weenie episode. <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go for five really quick questions to you Gregory sure uh, like five short questions with five short answers I'd like to wrap it all up are you ready yeah I'm ready okay so the first question is an easy one what's your favorite color color of magic blue blue and your favorite creature in Magic.
5: That's a tough one, but... Hmm. Ali from Cairo.
0: Ali from Cairo. Yeah, that's a cool one. He was restricted for, for a time in the beginning that's of the game. Exactly. Okay. Now, here's a, here's a hard one then, maybe. Favorite Enchant World... It doesn't need to be old school legal.
5: It has to be old school legal. <laughs> yeah. Go with um the
0: abyss. The abyss. Yeah. That's a yeah. classic. Okay, number 4. Your favorite animal. Not magic related. Hmm, owls. Owls. Okay. Yeah. So, if you would play vintage, you would play a deck with Baleful Strix and things like that. <laughs> okay, good to know.
2: Okay, last one
0: then. What is your favorite deck in the format? If you can't say the deck you played at NoobCon. Like, fun deck? Yeah. Or you, you tier. can You can interpret it... Any way you want, but like your favorite.
5: Hmm, that really is a tough question. The most fun deck. I will have to go with with any deck containing uh, Guardian Beast and Chaosaur. Oh, I just think that nice. combo is hilarious.
0: It really is. It really, really is. And you have quite a few cards to build one. I'll send you a list after the podcast.
5: Oh, that would be cool. I I just love that combo. It may not be the best combo
0: ever, but it's the most fun combo for sure. Absolutely. Without a doubt. But Gregory, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show and telling uh, us about your NoobCon experience thank you for having me. Uh, hope to see you again sometime uh, on skype or in a tournament somewhere maybe one in switzerland who knows that would be super cool but who
5: knows maybe next year maybe thank you very much that's, that's playing old school no problem garden thank you grant
2: yeah of course it
1: was good it was a pleasure Awesome, Greg. Thanks for the sweet interview. Um, And last but not least, we're going to get into our last segment of the podcast, and that is what have we been drinking on (laughs) as of late. Uh, Gordon, I know you guys did plenty of drinking at NoobCon, so when you were slinging cards at NoobCon, what were you drinking? Yeah,
0: that's the best thing about NoobCon. They have a bar that's stocked with craft beer from all over the world, at least probably... 50 different uh, sorts. Uh, So it's quite well stocked. So I had quite a few, but the best I had, and I was just so happy, so happy when I saw that they had it. It's a beer I can't pronounce. uh, But I will try, of course. It's Duchess de Bougon. It's a Flemish red ale. So like a soury Almost Belgian style, thing, but from uh, the—I uh, don't know how to say it—but a Flemish red, a little soury, more, much malt, and it just, it, it's just—it's so beautiful. It's—it's it's magical.
1: Oh yeah, I'm actually looking. Yes, um, it is thats a super awesome beer. Um, yeah, no, we—I don't. I've not had. I've had that at the map room here in Chicago once before and it was delightful
0: oh, nice it's, it's probably one of my absolute favorites uh, when it comes to the sour red brown uh, beers there are a yeah, couple Old of Brun- good ones but this is
1: hmm. yeah. no yeah if you like that one check I don't know if you have it there but Old brune uh, is another good uh, brown tart sour beer it's not over the top and it's uh pretty it's very balanced so that's a good one
0: yeah I like uh, uh, Brun, the style but that, mm-hmm. that is like almost the same style as the red yeah but it's the brown <laughs> the Flanders brown and the Flanders red so what do, what have you been drinking then
1: well last oh. night I was drinking we've got there's a brewery um, Miskatonic Brewery, they're uh, in Illinois, but they uh, they just came out with a beer a couple weeks ago called the Gardener. It's a Belgian style wit beer, um, but it's it's different because it's got uh, lavender, vanilla, and lemon peel. So it's super refreshing, um, and it's uh, it's just it's a super great beer. Um, so that's what I've been drinking some of their stuff as of late as well, so they, um, they know how to make some really good beers, and they just started canning this one, so it's um, seasonal, I believe, but it's gonna, it's been super good, so... Uh, and then I drank a couple of different ciders last night as well, but it's a late night.
0: But that's uh, probably not a beer I can get here in Sweden.
2: If they no, just I, like I, I
1: said, I need to send you a care package of stuff that is pretty local that they don't really suck so yeah miskatonic is only sold uh, i believe in illinois um but Mm. yeah so you there's some stuff that i need to see if i can i don't know i just (laughs) don't want yeah they're in darien illinois which is a smaller town so um but yeah we can i can see if i can get something stuff sent over to you
0: sounds amazing and that has been what we've been drinking and um then let's just wrap it up with uh, a big thanks for all of you listeners uh, who've been listening to this episode and last episode. We've get- gotten some great feedback from you. So a big, big thanks. Um, uh, we still don't have a regular schedule and how many episodes we'll do how often, but we'll try to get them, keep them coming as uh, fast as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Um, for more info about the podcast or maybe you'd like to check out some old school deck lists or much more you can also visit our site wakwak.se spelled as the card island of wakwak you can also follow us on twitter on instagram and on facebook as wakwakmtg in one word if you want to Contact me or follow me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Gordon Anderson in one word with two S, the Swedish spelling. And Grant, how can they find you on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Old Magic Musings. Um, just kind of post about what I've been doing or if I'm playing some games, I'll post some pictures. Uh, and then I also have a Twitter at Grant Lee Core. G-R-A-N-T-L-Y-C-O-R-E and that's about it I don't really post too much on on the social media but um, whenever a new episode gets out I will tweet it or put it on the Instagram just so people know about it.
0: So there you have it that's how you can come in contact with us and please do if you have some ideas for the podcast or just want to say if you like it or hate it or anything like that and if you like it Please also go to iTunes and give us a review, because the more reviews we get there, uh, the greater the risk, greater the chance that other magic players will learn about the podcast and this magical format of ours. So, until next time, may you hit all your Cape Sorb flips.